0: Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rogs podcast. I am back with Abby and we're doing a Q&A this week and this has been fun. If you missed Monday and Wednesday, go back and listen to those and we're, we're answering questions from you. Um, and like we said, these are typically questions who are asked by so many different homeschool moms. Um, and so you're not the only one, just know that you're not alone and that every question that you're asking are questions that we've all asked before. Um, And we've had other people answer them. Um, And so so we are glad to be able to bring these answers and encouragement to you. But before we get back into our questions, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free, ctcmath.com. All right, Abby, this next one is a great one for you. Um, <laughs> I was like, this one has Abby written all <laughs> over it. Um, the question is this. Do you use a homeschool planner? If so, how closely do you stick to it? Mm-hmm. I'm planning for the next school year, and I don't want to plan too far ahead, but also want to start out the new school year strong and confident. If you do use a planner, which one? Ooh. Um, and yeah, and I'm going to let you jump on this first, but the only thing I want to say before you do is... Yeah. It, and. <laughs> If you've listened to us for any length of time, you'll know Abby and I homeschool very differently. So she is different. very structured. I am very much not super structured, but somehow we both get things done. Yeah. Um, however, this summer I, I'm doing more planning um than I've done in, in the past few years because Brooklyn's going into her senior yeah. year. And I just really like we're working together um, to figure out like, what are the last things that she really wants to accomplish this last year? And not that that's the end of her schooling, but like, right. okay, your last year, what do you, what I, you know, I've been talking with her and just, yeah. we've both been praying about it and stuff. And like, what does she really want for this last year? Um, so we're doing that together. And I don't I actually, when I read this, I actually looked up some planners cause I was like, maybe I should oh. use a planner. <laughs> um, but as you're planning, Hold your plans loosely. Yeah. I think that is so important because we tend to want to plan and then we want to grab hold so tightly uh, to yep. that plan. And then when it falls apart, we feel like we have failed some, yes. somehow. Failed ourselves. sure. Failed their kids. And I've known many homeschool moms who have given up on homeschooling for this specific reason because they planned it out. It and didn't, it didn't go, go according to plan. They felt like they messed it up and they let go of it altogether and said, this yep. homeschooling thing's not for me, especially those type A moms. Yeah. Um, so Abby type a, yeah, well, <laughs> Talk I to say us this. about planners. I
1: say the best planner, because she said the last question is what is the best planner? The best planner is the one that you're going to use. Oh, um, yeah. And that's, that's the answer because there's so many cool planners out there, but if you're not going to use it, it's a waste of your money. Yeah. Um, planners can cause stress because, you know, it tells you all the things you need to plan that you never thought you needed to plan that you don't need to plan. <laughs> so, you know, there's so many different kinds, you know, I've I've had moms that go, we don't use a planner at all. What we do is at the end of the day, we write down what we got done. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea because then you don't have all these expectations. You just do what you can do. You know, yeah. there's loop planners, there's day by day lesson planners. And so I don't necessarily want to go into what's the best planner because there, that's it's not different. that's not an answer you can give because the best planner for you is different than the best planner for me. For yeah. me, what I found is I would buy all these really cool planners and then I'd look at it and go, oh, I never thought I have to plan that. Like it would say, you know, like math, science, language, art, blah, 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 And I was like, I'm a box filler in her. So I was like, oh, I didn't think I needed to plan art three times a week. You know, so I basically canned every store-bought planner there is and I make my own based on what I I don't want something on my I don't do good with empty boxes. So yeah. I'm like, I'm only gonna put on our planner what we're actually doing. And yeah. so it changes every year because last year looks different than this year. And so for me I use a simple word document and I make some boxes and that's how I plan it. I'd never plan too far. I mean, and it works. Some people they do the whole year. I've met those moms. They take a weekend, they get their file folders, and they have the whole year planned. For me, that would put me over the top because I'm the type of yeah. personality that if I get quote unquote behind, I'm right. stressed. So I plan a week at a time, but I also know that God directs my week and I'm not afraid to tear out that page and move it to next week, you know? Um yeah. so Use a planner that works for you, but don't feel like every box in the planner has to be filled out. I mean, I've seen some planners are like, what's for dinner tomorrow night? What, you know, what are your chores today? And that might help some moms and it might stress you out. So find the planner that helps you, that brings you peace, that helps you organize. And if it doesn't,
0: if it causes more stress and pressure, then pitch it. Yeah. This was years ago. And when I say years, I mean probably seven or eight years ago, I remember Sarah McKenzie talking on Read Aloud Revival about, um, I, I think if I get the story right, I apologize if I messed it up because it was a long time ago, but she talked about a lady at church, I think, who she was like, Sarah was like, I just don't know what I'm doing. I feel like things are kind of chaotic and I just don't know what direction to go. You know, each day mm-hmm. in homeschooling, and the lady was like, listen, get a spiral bound notebook and every night just write out what the next thing yep. is. Yep, um, And I still do that um, sometimes with my kids. I don't do it every night. But if we need to just kind of pull it back and focus right. on something, that's what I do. And I have, yep. I have made the spreadsheets with the pretty colors and printed them out and yep. made them, you know, laminated them, put them on the refrigerator to be used like three days. And yep. then that's it because life happens and yep. I can't stick to it. And then I realized after years of doing that, that I felt like I was failing all the time. And so I found that that worked best for me was to just get a spiral bound notebook, just write down, you know, here's, here's the next math lesson, you know, lesson 15, here's the next, you know, whatever we're going to do for history, watch this video or, you know, here, you could even put what games you want to play. You know, we're going to play categories today, whatever. Um, but plan it out each day. And it sounds like that would take a lot of time, but I have found it doesn't, it takes way more energy to try to plan stuff. At the beginning of the year for the whole year.
1: Uh, I, yeah. And um, I'm not I, saying that doesn't work. Cause like to me, I just can't even imagine. I can't imagine that that would work. Yeah. But I do know for some people, if you're loose, if you're the kind of person that can look at that and go, eh, we can throw it out. Right. And that's what I think planning is. You have to know your personality. I'm one of those people that if it's there, I can't just throw it out. Well, I'm right. learning. I've learned. I've learned to be that person. Some people are like, I can plan the whole year, but it doesn't yeah. control me. Right. Um, So I do think but I think that it is good, though, and I do want to say this do know where you're going. You do need to know where yes. you're going because if you just do day by day, you might find that at the end of the year, you're like, we did nothing. So right. do like have an objection like, okay, this year we are going to study this and this right. is where we're going. So she
0: means objective, not objection. What did I say? Objection? She <laughs> <You> said objection.
1: <laughs> I, object
0: <laughs> I, object I object to all of this planning. I object to I object to all this
1: <laughs> planning nonsense.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, you're hilarious. Sorry. Okay, let me ask you this question, Abby, because you were a teacher in the class Yeah. Talk about the difference between how you planned for your classroom teaching compared to how you plan, because this is what happens with new homeschool moms, especially as they come into homeschooling, they want to bring the classroom into their home. They think they need to make it look like what a traditional school classroom looks like. right? And it simply can't. And it doesn't because you've got life happening all around you. So really quickly tell us what kind of that shift that you had to make. What did it look it like awful. when you were in the
1: classroom? Well, in the classroom, number one, you have to teach what someone else tells you. You have to teach right. how much they tell you. And you have to teach the allotted time they tell you. So base, planning was very, very important. In fact, in college, I took probably a semester's worth of classes just on how to plan. Um, because you're taking someone else's stuff and you're, right. you someone else's timeline. And it was awful. So what you have to shake is, say, homeschool... You don't even have to say we're doing less than 12 today. You could say today we're spending an hour doing science and that might mean we get this much done. That might mean we get this much done. We're just going to do it for the amount of time or however, or you might say, you know what, we're loving this so much. We're going to do science all day. You are not bound by anybody else's rule. I mean, and I guess I should be careful. Maybe in your state, you you do need to check your state laws. because You may have some actual things, some, you know, some things that you do need to follow. But in general, you know, so then take that, take whatever your state says, and then then fill in the gaps with that. But yeah, your days can look, follow your kids' passions, follow their timeline. I always say this, follow their attention span. If they're mm-hmm. still all in, capitalize on it. Keep going. If they're all in, don't be like, "Time's up. We finished lesson right. 2. <laughs> Shut your books." Um, capitalize on their attention span, sure. on
0: their interests and let that be your schedule. Yeah. And if they're struggling with something, take more time. Take more time with it. Don't or quit push them. Today and pick yeah. up tomorrow. Yeah, or pick it up in a month. Yep. You yeah. Know, so much of it is about that brain development thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will say that there, you know, I've I've known lots of moms who really do live by their planners. Um, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. Um and I think sometimes they're the type A moms who just need yeah. to have those. And, and sometimes they're you, the type I need B moms. To. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're the type B moms like myself who really need that, right? <laughs> like they right. need someone right. some kind of accountability for yeah. themselves to keep on track. Yeah. Um, and so to, the two that I would probably more most highly recommend that I'm familiar with are not consumed, um, Kim Sorges, She has some beautiful, mean, um, she's got resources for everything homeschooling, it seems. Um, but, um, I would check out her planners and I think I, um, I, I should have looked at this before. Typically if, you know, someone's selling a planner, they'll have sample sheets oh. that you can look at, or at least, you know, maybe not download, but you can at least look at them. Yeah. Um, and what I would do is, is even if it means like taking a spiral bound, spiral bound notebook, kind of sketching out what their planner looks like and try to practice with it for a little bit and see if that would work for you before you purchase it. Um, that would, cause you don't, I mean, they they can be, you know, 20, 30, some dollars and you don't want to spend the money to do that, to, to purchase this. And then it's not the best fit for you because they're so different. Um, so I would look at hers, um, not consumed.com. Um, and then the other one is Pam Barnhill. Um, I know Pam has lots of, Great resources and planners, and she's got webinars and all sorts of stuff on planning your homeschool. And she talks um, a lot
1: about the loop planning, which yes, really yep, was a game changer scheduling. for my family. Yes. We did that for a few years, and it was it was a game changer. If even yeah. though if you don't follow it, it's the concept that really hit me. So explain
0: that really quickly because we've done that too, and I love the yeah. loop scheduling. Well, I think uh, it's concept. kind of what you
1: said is just do the next thing. It isn't yeah. do lesson A, B, C. It's just do lesson A when you're done with lesson A, whether that takes you a week, three weeks or four hours, then you go to lesson B. And it's not, I do this on Wednesday, I do this on Thursday. It's just these are the things we do like, okay, we do science, history, math, language, science, Mm -hmm. history, math, language. And then you just, you loop those things around for whatever amount of time it takes you. I would, if I would go listen to some of her stuff, because even if you don't follow it on paper, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a mental concept that I had to think about to break out of my teacher brain. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is you also need to know that you're teaching kids that want, that are different than you. You might be type A and your kid is type B, you might be type B, you know, so Also, don't just do it the way that it works for you because you're a family unit. So you're gonna have to, you know, I have one kid that really, really wants me to write down every little thing because she loves to check it off. Like she lives and I'm that way, you know, but I have another kid that's just like, give me the overview, I'll get it done when I get it done. So we do have to also schedule, just like we teach to our kids, we have to schedule to our
0: kids. Yeah, yeah, good point. Let's take a break, we'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with. Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their Creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at apologia.com. We are back with Abby. Um, this next question is one that we have addressed on the podcast, but there are so, there are so many new homeschool moms. And I know mm-hmm. we have a lot of new listeners. Um, it's amazing actually to watch uh, the numbers grow and it's it's not like, oh, we're so amazing. Our podcast is growing. It's that so many more people are coming into homeschooling. And so we're gonna tackle this one again uh, because I think it's so important and so many are asking the question. So this is what this mom wrote. She said, this coming school year, we are transitioning from public school to homeschool. My kids are nine, 12, and 15, all girls. We're having a fun summer and de-schooling because that's what lots of people talk about. Mm -hmm. But my kids are used to the structure of a regular school. And though I want our homeschool to be different than that, I also want some type of structure so that actual learning can continue. We're all excited, but also a little scared. Any advice on how to make a smooth transition? Mm. Um, This is such a great question. And I have a couple points on here that, um, and then Abby, I'll let you jump into it. Um, I think the first thing I would say is create a vision for your homeschool. And we will put a link. We did an episode, maybe it was about a year ago or so with Zan Tyler. And we talked about creating your homeschool vision. And really what that is, is know where you're going. You have Mm -hmm. to understand what your why is for homeschooling. That is the first question you need to answer. Why are you doing this? And then you need to know where you're, how, how you're going to get there. You know, where are you going and how are you going to get there? And we talk a lot about, you know, using a GPS. You don't get in your car and say, well, I'm going to drive to Kansas and then just kind of sort of drive that direction, but not really have any idea of how to get there. You need to know what your end goal is. Have a vision for your homeschool. Is your vision that your kids are going to, you know, go to a super elite college and have an amazing career and make tons of money? I mean, maybe that's your goal. Or is it that your kids are going to know and love Jesus and follow him and his plan for their life? Hopefully it's that you're going to be able to point your kids to Jesus mm-hmm. um, because that is the most important thing. And so create your vision for your homeschool. What what do you want it to look like? Um, the next thing I would say is start small, take baby steps mm-hmm. When you start homeschooling at the beginning of the year, if this is your first year homeschooling, especially, do not tackle every subject the first week. Start small. So start with, I would say, start with the easier ones. Some people will say start with the harder ones, but I I think that can be discouraging to both mom and kids. Um, So I think it's better to start with the easier subjects for them. Um, We love to do, you know, our morning basket time, as some people call it, where you're just, you come together at the beginning of the day you read together, you play games. Um, you know, a lot of families will sing together, um, just doing stuff together as a group, no matter what the ages of your kids are. Um, but start small and then start with some of the easier subjects um, that they have. And then over the weeks leading into the school year, just add in one subject at a time. So don't start on day one and say, okay. At eight o'clock we're gonna do Bible at nine o'clock we're going to do history then we're going to take a take recess and then at you know ten o'clock we're gonna do science and then we're going to do language arts. like don't do that to yourself or to your kids because it's going to stress everybody else. So start small, take baby steps and work your way into doing all of the subjects that you want to do and accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. but again, hold it loosely as we talked mm-hmm. about with with scheduling and planning and all of that stuff is hold it loosely because A field trip is going to come up and you're going to want to jump on that field trip. Do that. Like Mm -hmm. do those things that will make homeschooling fun for your kids. Um, The next thing is learn your kids' learning styles. And this is something that takes time. This is not something that you're going to figure out maybe, you know, even this summer or at the beginning of the year, it's going to take time. Are your kids auditory learners? Are they kinesthetic? Are they visual? How do they learn best? I will link to another episode. This is the one that we did with Tyler Hogan, and that one is fantastic, and he talks about learning styles, and all of us as humans have different learning styles. And so it's really helpful to know how your kids learn best, and it can sound, I think, a little bit overwhelming when you have multiple kids, how to cater to each individual learning style, but I don't think it's as hard as most people think because I think it actually makes Learning and teaching easier when you understand your kids better, and so take time to learn how they, for you to learn them, to be a student of your student, and learn how they um, best learn how God created them best to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I would say is character over curriculum and relationship over reading. Character and relationship are so much more important than curriculum and and them learning how to read. Um, those mm-hmm. things are important, but the relationships that you're building with them and you instilling godly character into them should trump anything else and so if they're doing a math lesson and they're struggling with it and there's tears and they're, you know, throwing the pencil across the room that's the time to just say okay let's take a break let's pray together let's take a breather let's go outside for a little bit and play let's you know maybe play a game and it can be a math game i mean there's there are so many things that you can do to kind of pull them to the side and say, let's just start fresh again, maybe in an hour or maybe the next day, or maybe the next week and say, okay, we're going to try this again. But this time, if you get frustrated, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I want you to just be calm, call mom, ask me for my help. I will help you. If I can't help you, we'll call somebody and they can help you. Like, I mean, they're, they're just our ways to deal with it. And and just teaching our kids to learn to handle their emotions In the midst of it, because your kids are going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated with them because they're throwing a tantrum because they don't understand whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, and so just know that their character and your relationship with them is so much more important than anything else that you're teaching. So, so those would be my points. How about you, Abby? Um, I think she's already done a good
1: thing and just said she's de-schooling for the summer because that's yeah. now what everybody's saying to do. But um, I would also say one thing is we get this place where we're like, okay, we're going to homeschool and it's free and we don't need the we're going to not recreate public school at home. Like I say that all the time. Do not recreate public school at home. But on the flip side, if your kids are very, very used to how the public school works and then, all, I mean, if they've done that for that many years, you have a fifteen yeah. year old. and then all of a sudden she comes home and you're like, "Well, we'll start when we start, and we're only going to do one subject a day slowly. And you know, it it could throw them for too much of a loop. You may need to say what worked for them, what just to, to all of us when we're mm-hmm. thrown into change, it can be harder than when we're eased into change, if that makes yeah. sense. So sure, like Zane says, like, okay, know your end goal. If your end goal is really doing this freely and loosely and not scheduled. It might take some time to get there. You may have to say, you know, not recreate public school, but you might have to say, OK, we're going to do things a little bit more a certain way than I'd like in the future. But it's to ease the kids in. Yeah. I've known a lot of kids who come home and then it's just it's so different. It freaks right. them out, you know. Yeah. So you might have to say, you know what, today we are going to sit at a desk for a little while. And then next week we're going to sit at the desk less and we're going to move to the, you know, Be sensitive to their change. Be sensitive to and then I would also say, you know, what worked for them in the school, what worked for that kid. And it's okay to keep that. You know, if that kid works better going, we do it this way. If it went and get rid of what didn't work. So don't be afraid. Don't feel like you have to be the hundred percent homeschooler tomorrow. It's okay to ease into the homeschool life, if that makes sense. Like It's okay if at first you say we are going to do five days of school from eight to one. I don't think that's the end goal. I think the end goal is that that isn't it. But if that's what's going to ease your kids in, then ease them in.
0: Yep. Yep. Good stuff. And this this is the type A versus the type B. Yeah,
1: totally. (laughs) Abby's the type A. I'm the type B. (laughs) Yeah. And again, we have to know what our kids are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: like it's funny because when you say do one subject a day for a while, I'm like that. there's no way I could do that. I'm like an all in, (laughs) but I have to look at what my kids, you know, I think that's what we have to do is say, what's going to work for our kids. Cause so often we're like, what works for me? And it's really not about us. We're, we're more flexible for change. What's going to work for our kid. And it is hard. Like you said, it's hard when you have three different learning styles, three different, but honestly, we live in such a cool time that there are so many great curriculums out there that they're going to hit all the learning styles. Yeah, in one thing yeah. we're not we're not inventing yep. this, you guys. I mean, right. there's stuff out there that it's going to hit all the learning styles
0: and all the type Z's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. Well, we are out of time, but we had one last question, and I want to tackle this one really, really. And we could <laughs> do it in twenty seconds. We do twenty second, and and I'm going to let Funny. Abby just um, jump on this one really quickly um, because I think it's an important question, and I love that this is actually in regards to Schoolhouse Rock, the documentary. Um, so, so really quickly, Abby, it says, thanks so much for your incredible documentary. You're welcome. It was all by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. It truly moved me, even though we've been homeschooling for a few years now in the movie, you talked about state organizations. Can you explain a little more about them and how to get involved? All right. In 20 seconds, 20
1: seconds go (laughs) your state, every state, almost every state, most states have a state organization that is the organization. They're the ones known to put on your state convention, encourage your parents. But what they actually do also is. They're dealing with all the legislation. They are making sure that you can do what you do. They're making sure that you're free to do what you do, that the government doesn't encroach on what you're doing. They're making sure that you're equipped to do what you do. They they are the ones doing the behind the scene work. Without state orgs, we wouldn't have homeschool freedom. Without mm-hmm. state orgs, we wouldn't be where we are. So thank you for asking how to get involved. It's all They're all volunteer based. They're all homeschool parents that just have a passion for homeschooling. What you do is you need to find your state org and don't you have links to that on your website? Yeah, home, Homeschoolfreedom.com.
0: Okay. But I think we do have a link. I think you guys have a link um, to
1: that. But if you go to homeschoolfreedom.com, it will send you to your state org. All you have to do is reach out to those people and say, how can we support you? What can we do? That That's all. And they're going to take you from there. But I cannot express how important these... I didn't know. I did not know how important they were. And now that I'm in the midst yeah. of it, I'm like, without these organizations we would not be homeschooling freely. I mean, we yeah. we could not do what we're doing. And so it's so unbelievably important. So go yeah. find your homeschool organization, reach
0: out to them and get involved. Yeah, uh, Abby is on the board of Homeschool Idaho. And so she's very close to this. And I liken um, homeschool organizations to farmers. You know, you go to the grocery store and you buy an apple and you don't ever think about how that apple got yeah, to the grocery analogy. store, right? You just pick up the shiny apple and you're grateful for it. And you put it in your basket and you check out and you go home and you make apple pie. But nobody thinks so much about the farmer. Right. All the while, there's a farmer who's yes taking good care of his crops and who's who's growing those healthy apple trees so that you can have apples. Yeah. But no one really thinks about that farmer. Right.
1: But if there was no farmer, there'd be no apples. There'd
0: be no apples, and that's exactly how homeschool organizations are. are yeah. uh, you know, state organizations are. They are the farmers of the homeschool world who are working behind the scenes tirelessly to keep our freedoms alive. So again, go to HomeschoolFreedom.com you can uh, find out more about them and find your state organization if you have one. Most, like Abby said, most states have a state homeschool organization. Mm-hmm. So Abby, thank you so much for being with me again this week. It's been so much fun. You guys, if you have more questions, we'll try to do this more often. We've, we've not been great about doing Q&As. It's been such a long time, but we would love to answer your questions. So send us an email at podcast at Let us know what questions we can answer for you. And let us know how we can be praying for you and your family. And we talked about the movie. This last question was in regards to the movie. If you've not yet watched it, you can stream it for free at schoolhouserockedmovie.com. Stay tuned so you can hear a clip of what's coming up next week on the podcast. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. I think about like education. A lot of times people just think about it in terms of making sure our kids know a lot and, you know, score well on tests and get good grades and are super smart. Well, if we just know a lot, what does that profit us? You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and Having wise children really is what I want to come out of my homeschool. And that has to start with the fear of the Lord.